a six-figure month cash in hand. Exciting personal things are happening. And we launched Conversions for Clients. This is going to be such a packed behind-the-scenes episode, so I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on March 2021. Let's jump on in. Welcome to the Serve Scale Soar podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs scale their online business to five-figure months so they can soar into six-figure years. Your host, Brandy, is a wife, mom, and in less than one year, created a six-figure business. And now she is spilling all her secrets so you can too. Hello, Serve Scale Store family. Oh my goodness, we are back for another income report. These are y'all's favorite episodes each and every single month. I hope they empower you, inspire you, and that you take away action items that you can apply to your business. This isn't just for seven-figure business owners. This is for anyone who wants to grow a sustainable business with their family in mind first. And I hope that this never, ever makes you think that you can't have everything that's been going on in my business. But more importantly, I really hope it inspires you to dream bigger and want more. And if it does, no matter if that's six figures, seven figures, maybe it is send your kids to private school. I hope these episodes do that for you. But also, I hope that this shows you behind the scenes, full transparency of what it takes to grow a seven-figure business. And now we're working on multiple seven-figure business. And so that is what I'm here to do is bring full transparency and y'all so much amazing feedback from February's income report. If you didn't listen to that one, apparently it's a good one to listen to. I have never received so many DMs. I have never received so much positive feedback. And every time y'all send me these messages, I'm like, oh man, I'm so glad I said that even if I didn't want to, because a lot of times these conversations are hard. They're vulnerable. I'm opening up about things that normal business owners don't open up to about the public. I think that's what makes these income reports so important is because no one's talking about the hard stuff. They're talking about the money, the exciting stuff, but they're not taking you behind the scenes of what's really going on. And that's why I love bringing you these. And as the moment that they stop being fully transparent is the moment we will stop having income reports. And so let's dive on into March. March, we did have a six-figure cash-in-hand month, which is always exciting. And I'm going to break those numbers down for you in the end. But first, let's chat about some things that went on. There was three big things that happened in March. One, we're wrapping up quarter one. Two, we launched conversions for clients. And we're thinking this will be the only time we launch it this year. And we have a really exciting personal announcement to make. So I am not pregnant. That is not the announcement. With the conversions for clients launch, this is something where we were supposed to have it in April. A bunch of things shifted. We ended up doing it in March. And I'm so glad we did. But here's the thing, y'all. You'll see the numbers. Launches are so much better than evergreen. And there's a lot of reasons behind this. There's a lot of energy that goes into a live launch. There's a lot of momentum that happens with a lot of people in a short amount of time that you just can't get the same effect on evergreen. For anyone who doesn't know, evergreen means it's always open. Like you can always join. And the worst thing that can happen to you is someone puts you in their save folder. Like, okay, I'll come back to this when I have a second. Like how many of you have Amazon wish list full of stuff or carts? Like mine's like add to cart and then you can like save for later. My save for later is completely full on Amazon. There's no deadline. There's so many programs that I'm like, oh, look, I'm going to join this one. And then 
there's no timeline. So I'd never make a decision. So I am a big fan of launching. And a lot of times people say launching is stressful. It's this roller coaster. And that's because if you allow it to be that, that is what it will be for you. But I can honestly say this was the easiest launch that we've ever done. It's a rinse and repeat of the two launches before. We actually took away one whole section of it that takes a lot of my energy. And I knew that coming into this one after what I chatted about in February, I wanted it to be a super powerful launch, but I didn't have the full bandwidth or energy to do one aspect, which was our live cast. And the funny thing is that's like my favorite part where we bring on all of our members and they get to just share their story. And oh my goodness, that is definitely one of my favorite parts. But I knew going into this launch, I didn't have the bandwidth or the energy for it. And I think that's really important is knowing where your energy is. But not only that is that we're now down to a team of three. So it's me, Stephanie, our podcast manager, and Janessa, who is our director of fulfillment. So she handles all of our students. She helps with them. If they email into support, she's the one that's there for them. They have issues with payments or anything like she helps them. And so I knew that from a bandwidth side, our team, it would be a lot less pressure and a lot easier for us to get rid of that for this launch. So we did. And y'all, this launch felt like such a breeze. And I actually went to Florida in the middle of this launch, but it felt so easy. And I was just showing up and doing what I love to do, which is teaching and helping people make progress. And so what I want you to know is if your business feels heavy, or it feels like it's weighing you down, or something feels stressful, we need to take ownership in why that is. And what can we do better? What can we get rid of? What can we change? And so one thing I know is when it comes to launching is people like to recreate the wheel over and over. They want to do a different type of launch. They want to change this and what they want to change this. And this is one of the reasons I created beta to biggie is because there's no reason to be doing all those things. Like there's absolutely none. This was a full rinse and repeat of our last launch. And we just removed one element that was going to take a little bit too much energy from me this go around. In Beta to Biggie, what I teach them is we make small tweaks each launch because that first launch, you're going to have a lot of assets you have to create. But after that, these are assets that will serve you launch after launch after launch. After you've launched twice, launching should be easy because you're not recreating things. And that's exactly what we did this time is we did not recreate the wheel. And it felt so amazing to just have almost multiple six-figure launch and it just be easy and light. And I want everyone like your business to feel easy and light. But in order to do that, you really need to sit back and recognize like, what's making me feel this way? What can I change? What am I doing that maybe I need to tweak? Where's my mindset at around this? Sometimes we just have to change our belief patterns that like, if we're told enough that launching's hard, and it's a roller coaster, and it has to be stressful, that's exactly what it will be for us. But in my company, one thing that we do is normalize launching to be easy. So you'll also hear in April's income report how we're doing a mini launch and it feels so easy. So what can you make easy in your business? What feels heavy, hard right now that you can flip your mindset around? You can flip how you're doing things and make it easy for you. I want business to be easy. I want it to be simple. Remember, kiss, keep it simple, sweetie. Always default to that. So we launched conversions for clients. We had over $150,000 launch, which was incredible. Now it was our lowest launch out of any of our launches for conversions for clients, 
But one of the things we look at is our earnings per lead, which ours was $103. And that means for every lead that comes into our launch, so everyone who registers for the launch, we know that each of those leads brings in an average of $103. The reason why it was important is because during the launch, we had a lot of issues with Facebook, and which is why we didn't hit the numbers we wanted. We had the least amount of leads that we'd had during any launch. And there's a lot of crazy things going on with Facebook right now, but ad costs were just really high. And I kept on thinking like, oh my goodness, these ad costs are so high. Like, should we just stop running ads? Should I not spend as much? Like, I didn't know what to do. So we spent double what we did last time and had $25,000 less launch than we did last time. But y'all, when we're looking at numbers of 150,000, I spent 16,000 on this launch. And we walked away with a $150 plus thousand dollar launch. I'll do that all day, every day. That's super profitable. And so sometimes we have to put our business hats on and look at it like, okay, yeah, this is way more than I've ever spent, but is the return worth it? And in this case, 100%, it was worth it. And of course, the thing that everyone always says when they get done with the launch, I wish I would have spent more on ads. And it's so true. Coming out of this launch, you always learn something. And what I learned from this launch is, wow, we have just got so good at launching and making launching easy. And that to me is so important that we can just pick up and launch whenever we want. And it's easy. That feels good to me. That feels really good. And the other thing is that I really need to bring in someone else to help with my ads. And it's not to help. It's because when I'm the face of the launch, when I'm doing all the training, when I'm doing a lot of the stuff. I can't also focus on ads because really focusing on ads when you're spending, you know, 15, 20, 30,000, we couldn't even spend more because I didn't have the time or space to do it. But if we bring in someone, then we're able to do that. And so then it came down to, do we hire an ad manager? What do we do? And I am big on bringing in people that are going to stay with me. So Janessa, she celebrated her two-year anniversary with branding company in March. So this month that I'm talking about. And then Steph is coming up, our podcast manager, on two years in August. And so I like when people stay. And so I know if I brought in an ad manager, it may not be a permanent solution as a contractor. And so what I'm doing is I'm getting everything in place to hire part-time employee position to bring them on as a marketing assistant. And what that will look like is they come in and they go through conversions for clients. I have this whole program that teaches you how to run ads. So I'm going to have them go through conversions for clients. I'm also learning YouTube ads. So they'll be added to that program and we will be training them in-house how to run our marketing. And then they will be assisting me with the whole marketing and growth department from an employee level, which is really, really exciting because then I'll be able to trust them, work side by side with them. And I'm excited about this. This is the thing though. We're moving Janessa to an employee and we have some other things. So we'll be bringing on our first employees. But I know before just bringing on employees, I want to make sure all of our systems are really, really there and solid so nothing falls through the cracks. I think sometimes people get super excited and you may have worked with clients like this where they're just like, I know I need to hire. I know I need to hire. So they just hire and then nothing's in place. You have no idea what you're supposed to be doing. They don't know what you're supposed to be doing. And then everyone's frustrated. And so right now in the back end of our business, I'm really cleaning up things, getting things organized. And we have really tight systems, but there's always room for improvement. And from a legal standpoint, 
there's a lot of things that I have to make sure that are in place. So that's something that's really exciting. So talking about that, I totally forgot. Another thing that happened is I have been trying to get an LLC filed in North Carolina since January. And I totally botched the LLC application because I also have an LLC in Florida. And so it's so funny how things work out because I botched the LLC form and they came back and rejected it. Then I was talking to my attorney and they were like, well, you have to like cancel this one and then resubmit. And I called the lady and all this stuff was just like, oh my gosh, my head wants to explode. And so then I got with an attorney in North Carolina. But the funny thing about that is my husband and I started having conversations about what we want because we were looking to houses in North Carolina. And some of you may be like, oh my gosh, Brandy, this sounds so familiar. But we were looking at houses in North Carolina and we just could not commit. And so this happened to us in Virginia and why we moved to Florida in the first place. If you don't know that story, that's part of when I brought my husband home from work and everything. And the funny thing is we were talking and we realized that we moved to North Carolina for the wrong reasons. We moved to North Carolina to be closer to our families. 2020 was tough for a lot of people and to be closer to our family. And we figured this is what they would want. And there was a lot of tension and stuff going on behind the scenes around our family and how far we were and all this stuff. And then y'all know my grandfather passed away last year. And so we moved up here, not because we didn't want to be in Florida, not because we didn't like Florida, but because we were trying to help other people. And in essence, we were trying to fix other people. And after I got back from my trip to Sedona, it came to my attention that it is not my job to fix other people. I can't fix other people. And so with that came real conversations with my husband about what we actually want. And one thing that we've realized is we have not loved being in North Carolina. We do not love the cold. We miss the beaches. We miss being able to walk around year round. We miss our outdoor living. We miss biking. We miss Disney. There's just a lot of stuff that we miss about Florida. And so after having this realization, we decided that we think that we're going to move back to Florida. But if we move back, we're going to buy a house. And so I was talking this over with my accountant, which is really important, y'all, when you have a business that you're having conversations, not only with your family and you, but also you're having these conversations as a business owner. I called my accountant. And I was like, listen, I think we're going to move back to Florida. It probably won't be till 2022. What do I need to do? I have this LLC that's in Florida. I'm trying to get my LLC in North Carolina. Like, what do I do? And my accountant was like, okay, we need to set you up with a foreign LLC. So then I had to get with a North Carolina attorney, set up a foreign LLC. They needed all this stuff. And it was just a big thing. A lot of people don't get foreign LLCs. And so we got all of this set up and it all got approved. And it's so funny because it's just funny how things work out. Because when I botched the LLC intake form, it was because I selected I wanted a foreign LLC. I didn't even know what a foreign LLC was. And that's when they rejected it because I didn't give them back all the right information that they needed. And it's so crazy that like subconsciously I submitted a foreign LLC when that's not at that time what I wanted, but subconsciously it is what I wanted. And so it came back and then we had to submit another one. And so now I have a foreign LLC, not really sure what that means, but I do know that it means that I have an LLC in North Carolina and in Florida. So with all that being said, that transitions from one, you need to have people that you can talk to. You need to have accountants, you need to have bookkeepers, you need to have attorneys with stuff like this. It doesn't mean you have them on retainer at all the time, 
but you do need to have these people that you trust that you can lean into with decisions like this, because it would not have been great for me to cancel my LLC in Florida, like, and then need it back in a year, it would have been a big issue. So instead of making mistakes like these, which we can always fix, but have these conversations with the people that you trust in your corner before doing things. That's one thing I've learned so much when it comes to legal, accounting, bookkeeping, have these conversations with people before you make decisions. Okay, so we launched Convergence for Clients. I had real honest conversations with my husband and we decided we're gonna start looking at homes in Florida. And we got the LLC situation fixed. So then I'm in the middle of conversion. And so we had decided, Austin and I had decided we were going to go down to Florida in April. We ended up contacting, you know, we had to get pre-approved. So we went through the whole lender process. And then we also are pre-qualified. So we found a lender that works with small businesses. So that was a concern of mine is like, My business has only been around for two and a half years. So we just got year three of our taxes back. So that looked good. But still, I'm the sole provider. So we found a lender who works specifically with small businesses. And then we also found a real estate agent. So we had an appointment to go down in April to fly down there and look at homes. Well, this is March. I'm right in the middle of conversions for clients launch. How the videos went was Tuesday, Thursday. And then we had the break over the weekend and then they picked up and went Tuesday, Thursday of the next week. And so Friday came. So I had done video one and video two for conversions for clients. And this was at the mid-March. And so it's Friday afternoon. And I just all day Friday, I was like looking up flights to Florida. And I don't know why. I just had this like gut feeling. And I told Austin, I was like, you know, maybe we go down to Florida and stay for like two weeks. I'll do the launch down there and then we can just like vacation. And Florida is like booked up. You cannot get into Florida. This was also during spring break, y'all, which I did not realize. It was so crazy because like we couldn't get any place for two weeks. We were looking at Key West, all this stuff. And I was like, I know that we need to be in Florida this weekend. I said, I don't know why, but we need to be in Florida this weekend. And my husband was like, well, bringing it. At this point, it's like five o'clock on a Friday night. And I was like, we need to get up. Let's just pack. We'll drive to Jacksonville, Savannah, stay. And then we'll drive the rest of the way tomorrow. And then we'll come back on Wednesday. I'll do my live training on Tuesday. And then we'll come back Wednesday. And he was like, no, like we can just wait till April. And I was like, no, no, no. We have to be in Florida. I don't know why, but we need to go. Like I have this gut feeling we need to be in Florida. At six o'clock on a Friday in Charlotte traffic, we pack up, get ready, and we're driving to Florida. And we pack up and go on vacation all the time, especially to Florida and stuff. So like, we always find a hotel room to stay and then we'll have our hotel. So I book a place for us in Sarasota, Florida for Saturday through Wednesday. And Friday night, we were just going to find something off the interstate and stay. So we get to Savannah and we're like, okay, well, it's like 1130. Let's just get to Jacksonville. It's not that much farther and we'll stay there. So we get outside of Jacksonville and we pull over Hampton Inn, Holiday Inns, all those. They're all completely booked. And we're like, what the heck? Like, how are they booked? And they're at 100% capacity. So it's not like, I mean, this place is like cars everywhere. They were like, okay, we'll just keep driving a little bit further. Y'all, we stop everywhere. From Jacksonville, Florida to Sarasota, Florida, which is five hours. We stop every single place that's off the interstate. We even went off the interstate to other ones. Not a single hotel had anything. 
everything was completely booked out, like crazy booked out. Cars were parked in the front where like you unload your stuff. And we were like, what is going on? And apparently everyone's just flocking to Florida. My child slept in our car seat, of course. We get to the hotel that we had reserved. So instead of driving only four to five hours, we ended up driving nine and a half hours. And by the time we stopped all these times, it was like 10 and a half hours. All we done in Sarasota. And we get to the hotel where I have reservations for Saturday night. And by this time, it's 5.30 a.m. Saturday morning. And we're like, oh my gosh, please tell me you have a room. We have a room tonight. And they were like, no, we're completely booked out. And everyone in the area is booked out as well. And we were like, what the heck? And so we ended up taking turns. Like Austin slept for an hour. Then he woke up. I slept for an hour in the truck because we had Riley in there and she slept through the whole thing. But we were homeless sleeping in my husband's truck and we got one hour of sleep. And then we went to breakfast and we had to meet with our real estate because I had texted her and I was like, hey, we're driving down. She was like, wait, now? And I was like, yes. So she agreed to meet us Saturday. So I'm like brushing my teeth in parking lots and all this stuff. And we're getting ready and we're driving around. So we go look at these different neighborhoods. So where we want to move is called Lakewood Ranch. It's a planned development, which means there's like 29 communities, so different neighborhoods in there. All the land is already planned. It's been planned since before they built the very first house, and it's 47% greenway, so natural preserves, swamps, trees, like so beautiful. They have their own shopping, their own schools. It's a really cool area, and it's just south of Tampa and Bradenton and Sarasota, so about 30 minutes from where we were living before in Florida. The thing with the housing market, as some of you may know, is because of COVID, it's like super hot market. Well, the thing in Florida is it's even hotter market because everyone is moving to Florida, like from up north, New York, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Ohio. They're all coming down to Florida, even California to Florida. And so it's a really like hot spot right now. So this whole planned community, they have some resales, but the whole thing's less than 10 years old. And then they have a bunch of new builds and we wanted a new build. So we're going to look at this one and they were like, we're on a wait list. We're only, we have over 150 people on our wait list. We're only letting out eight spots at a time. We went to this other one. It was going to be a bidding war. Like it's just crazy right now. And so we're looking at all these neighborhoods. We understand that it's going to be a long process. And so our real estate agent takes us to several. We like them, but there's concerns with each of them. Like the one had a cell phone tower right at it. And I don't want to be that close to cell phone towers. You can look up why they're just not great for your brain and stuff like that. The other one had just like, it was a little farther south, didn't have great school district. And so we're driving around and my real estate agent said, we'll meet with you Sunday. And I was like, okay, okay. So we're just driving around. And remember, there's all these communities. But a lot of them are already completely like they just built their last house. Like there's no lots available. And we passed this one called Savannah. And I was like, Austin, this one looks really nice. Let's try it. Like, do you think that they have any houses? And I text my real estate agent and said, hey, we're passing this community Savannah. Do you know anything about it? And she was like, I think they're done building in that one, actually. And so I was like, well, there's model home signs. So Austin and I drove past and... I text my real estate agent. I was like, can you meet us here? They still have two lots available. And she was like, okay, okay. So she comes and we start looking at the floor plans and everything. And there's two lots available. One is the classic series, which just means you have a smaller lot, the signature series, bigger lot. And so we look and we're like, oh my gosh, we really like this. 
But the floor plan we had, they didn't like have a model. And so we spent the whole night Saturday doing a lot of research. They sent us over blueprints, stuff like that. And then Sunday we went in and we said, okay, this is the floor plan we want. And they were building one and they just got the drywall up. And as soon as we walked into that house, I was like, this is it. This is it. This is not going to be our house. And so we said, we want it. Like, not that one, that's someone else's, but we want this last lot that you have. Like, this is what we want. And so we were able to get all the documents signed and everything. And literally the people that came in right after us bought the other lot in the classic series. So if we would not have went down that weekend, we would not have had that lot. Like it had just come on the market as of two days prior. And then we got down there and we got it. And then the other one that was two days prior, someone came in and got that lot right after we got our lot. So the whole story is it's so crazy, but follow your intuition, that gut feeling. Like I had no idea why we had to be down there this weekend, but I knew that we did. We made it happen. Like I was in the middle of a launch and everything. And I was just like, I know we have to be there. And so when you have these feelings, whether it's in business, if it's in life, follow your gut. Like it knows you already know everything inside of you. It's just, we have to be better at listening to what our gut, our intuition is telling us and be more trusting of ourselves. I think so many times we know what the right answer is, but we don't trust ourselves to make that decision or go with our intuition. And I can tell you, holy bananas, I am so glad I listened to my intuition because we would not have got that house. And so now we're in this really cool phase in our life where we're building our dream house. We have a lake behind us that had an alligator swimming in it. There's bald eagles. I mean, it's just like so amazing. I'm super excited about it. We're going down in April to pick out like all of our cabinets and finishes. And I'm just so excited about this point in my life. And one of the things I'm so blessed is for this business, because of this business, we're able to do this because I get to help other people create their dream life. I'm able to create mine. And there's so much power in that. But the big lesson I want y'all to take out of this is listen to your gut, listen to your intuition. You know what you need to do. Just start listening to yourself more. So during that launch, I had to do one of the videos inside of a hotel room and it was totally fine. It worked. We made it happen. I was super yellow because of the lighting in there, but we made it work and we drove back and we slept in cars and great stories. Like, I think that's the other thing. Sometimes we're in the situation and it feels like it's a crappy situation and we can't see the other side of it. But how can we turn these situations and make them into stories? Because we still laugh about the fact that we slept in a truck. We were up for 36 hours straight. Like it was just such a crazy story and it felt so rough in that moment, but now we can laugh about it. And there's so many business lessons that I've learned that it feels rough and it feels yucky in that moment. But now I can look back and be like, oh, that happened. So I could tell you this story or that happened to me. So I could help this person, especially in beta to biggie. A lot of our launch stories, like the reason that they've helped is now that I can help my beta to biggie students not have that happen. Like What happens when a troll comes into your Zoom room? Go back and listen to February 2020 income report and you can hear (laughs) how that happened. And so this is the thing, y'all. In the moment, it never feels good. But what happens after that moment's over and what did we learn or what comes from that moment? And so I would encourage you, listen to your gut, but also don't get stuck in the moment right then and there that things feel hard. Don't quit there. Get through the other side and then let's go back and see what we needed to learn in that moment. Now I know we will never leave the house without having a hotel reservation ever again. But what I learned even more is that follow my intuition more. Okay, so we launched conversions for clients. We bought a house. 
we got my LLC in North Carolina and in Florida. And it's just been such a fun month, y'all. I love building this business. I will tell you that it's not always easy. There's times where I'm like, gosh, this feels like so much work. Like through this whole LLC thing, I was getting so frustrated because a lot of this fell on me. Like I had to get documents. Same thing with the loan process, like just so much stuff to have to go through. And it's like, oh, but it's so worth it. Like, this is just that like yucky stuff that's not fun about business, the unsexy stuff, but that's okay. Sometimes we just have to suck it up and do it so we can get to the fun stuff, the part about business that excites us. And I will tell you, all this back end stuff is not the exciting part. So let's talk about the numbers for this. And then I'll talk about the quarter and I'll talk about another lesson that I also learned. So this month, March, we did. $126,007. So that's money in the bank. Our revenue generated was over 200,000. But remember this year, we're not talking about revenue generated. I'm just talking about the money that actually went into the bank account, which was $126,007. And one thing that's really significant about that is we had six revenue streams because I teach like have multiple revenue streams. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. But three of those revenue streams brought in 90% of the dollars. So that was serve scale store, beta to biggie and conversions for clients. And so I really, really, really would love to show y'all that like, you don't have to have six revenue streams. You just have to have two, one to two that really crush it. And that's exactly what we have in our business. And also with conversions for clients, I brought in over $90,000 money in the bank. And so with that, that shows you the power of launching. I don't know many people who are doing $90,000 per month with only a $16,000 ad spend on Evergreen. You just won't see it. You may see people who say like, oh, we have $100,000 per month on Evergreen, but they're probably spending like 70, 80, 90K a month in ads. So here's what I want you to know. We had 90,500 in the bank. It resulted in over 150,000 from the launch. Over 90,000 of that was in the bank and we spent 17,000 in ads. That's an extremely amazing ROI that you just won't see on Evergreen. So if you're like, oh, but I don't want to launch. I just want to do this Evergreen thing that everyone talks about. I'm here to tell you Evergreen has its place, but you're not going to see momentum like this in an Evergreen. And so there is power in launching. And this is exactly what we teach in Beta to Biggie. But three revenue streams, that was the main ones, but we had six total. I already talked about how it was easy and it was just a rinse and repeat launch. Our expenses were just under 45,000. They were 44,972, which gave us a profit that month of 64%. That's incredible. I love that number. 64% on $126,000 a month is really, really exciting to me. Like extremely exciting. And so what does that mean? Where did those expenses come from? The 45,000. So affiliate was just under $400. I did make a donation to Village Impact. They were doing a fundraiser. I'll make my big one towards the end of the year, but I always like to make a donation to them. They were raising money. So we got them several, 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 several COVID kits, which was really cool. Team and payroll, $13,500. That includes mine. Marketing was $18,000. That was our highest expense. My LLC and all that, $653 for attorney fees and things like that. Software was $1,892. I was like, why was that so high this month? Some months it's weird because Kajabi, because of how weekends flow and stuff, 
Kajabi, we charge twice. Minichat charged twice. So we won't have those fees come out in April, but they all came out in March. So we had some of that. We did invest in Help Scout. So that way we can track people's happiness level of our service. And that's Janessa's department. So she set up Help Scout with us. Education was 4,400. Travel was 1,600. This was all from February when I went out to Sedona, but it just hit the account March 1st. Merchant fees were 4,000. That was like double what we projected. But that just means we brought in more money than we thought. So I'm okay with that, as y'all know. So running at 64% profitability, so happy with that. We had a great month. And one thing that I was looking at is we finished up quarter one, y'all. Like, holy moly, where is this year going? We are done with quarter one. And so I was looking at my numbers and I didn't know how to feel. I was kind of feeling like we were behind our goals and everything like that. But I went back and looked at quarter one of 2020 and we had finished quarter one of 2020 at 155,769. And I was like, okay. And then we did remember 1.2 generated right under a million in the bank last year. And so I was like, okay, well, let's see where we are this year. And so the end of quarter one, we finished at just over 259,000 for quarter one, which puts us on target for a million again, or a million is 250 a quarter. So we finished up over that which is super exciting. And what's even better is that's a 40% growth over last year's quarter one, which is really, really cool that we're growing. That's always nice to see. And to know that we are doing 40% more than what we did last year. And last year we finished right at a million and we have 40% growth just gives me like, yay, where are we going to end this year? This is going to be fun, but we are on target for a million, which is great. I'm super happy with our profitability. We do have some big tax bills that will be paid in April and May. So those are coming. But y'all, it's fun running a business. There's all kinds of behind the scenes. But a few things that I hope you got from this is, one, let's take a look at back where we were last year, last quarter, because I think that really helped me. I was feeling like I was behind for some reason. But then when I look back at what we did quarter one and see 40% growth, That's really exciting. So can you look back at what you were doing last quarter one for 2020 and where you are now? And what does your business look like? I think there's a lot of power in there. Also, launching doesn't have to be a roller coaster or your business doesn't have to be a roller coaster. It doesn't have to feel heavy. We decide how things feel and we can take inventory and see how we can make things light and easy in our business. Also, follow your intuition. Oh my goodness, friends, lean into that. If you don't take away anything else, take in that follow your intuition. You know what's right for you. We just have to learn to listen to ourselves more. And always have people that you can reach out to. Accountants, attorneys, bookkeepers, before making any decisions. These are really important people to have in your business corner. They don't have to cost a lot, but we definitely, definitely need them in there. If anyone needs recommendations, happy to give those. But it is definitely something we want to look at because remember, this is our business. And we need to treat it like a business, not a hobby. And one thing I'll tell you when I'm looking at these numbers is when I look at our expenses, I think we run about 40,000 in expenses each month. We did over 126,000 this month and spent 45,000. If you look at that and you have to say like, I want a million dollar business, like how much money are you spending each month? And this doesn't mean spend really nilly because y'all know I'm all about profit. But you can't say you want a million dollar business and then your expenses be like a thousand dollars. Like it's just not going to work like that. It does take money to make money, but I want you to do that in a smart way. 
if that's with your services, if that's with a course or membership, if it's with both, let's make really smart decisions. But more expenses doesn't mean less money. You can have highly profitable business. We ran at 65% for $129,000 a month. Plus we had 45,000 in expenses. Some of you may be like, holy cow, I would love just to make 45,000 a month, but to have expenses, but it's a building process. You'll get there, but you can't be afraid of these numbers in order to get there. You have to embrace these numbers. Y'all, I love having these income reports. If you want to learn more about creating more revenue streams, also how to manage your money effectively with launching and how to launch with ease and you're ready to take your idea and turn it into a beta and launch it four times in 2021, or if you already have a program and you just really need to learn how to launch effectively and with ease to make each launch bigger and better, then go on and head to betatobiggie.com and apply for our free training that teaches you how to create a second income stream for your business and how to launch your program four times in one year and learn more about my program, Beta to Biggie. So head to betatobiggie.com and apply today. Y'all, until next week, go out, serve your clients, scale your business and soar into that six-figure year you deserve. Thanks again for tuning in to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast with your host, Brandy. If you loved our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.